hello ghosties this is our last episode of 2022 that is insane it flew by it really did 10 months of chaos with me and Alyssa. so i'm glad you all survived (laughs) you're welcome Um, welcome. and yeah and and then you get 12 months of chaos next year with us so i know it'll be really fun but with that said before we get into this we just want to say a huge thank you to all of you Mm -hmm. for your support over this year you all have been so amazing and we are so honored to have so many people call this their favorite podcast our wrapped came through and it just ended up being something where it it just really showed how much everybody really enjoys the podcast and i just want to say thank you so much for that it means so much and we're so excited to continue offering episodes that are educational and funny and entertaining to listen to of course people are listening to us we're the best podcast on this (laughs) entire planet We are the best podcast. You need to share with your friends. You need to share with your friends. I'm trying to make a sale. You need to share with your friends. Stop getting in my way. And tell everybody that we're the best. No. Hello, baby. (laughs) You need to share with your friends. Tell everybody about Ghosty Podcast. Even people who are like somewhat skeptical, tell them about Ghosty Podcast. We are too good to be sleeping on. So y'all better just share along. But uh, yes, thank you very much for all of the support and for the warm welcome as being co-host. I have just been completely embraced and loved and supported by the people who were listeners before I joined along this year. And it just feels like the most right thing ever. And it's just such an awesome community that we have of people who like to sip on that little ghosty. You know what I'm saying? And also I do want to let you all know um, before we go into next year that Alyssa and I have an announcement for <laughs> January. We are going to be launching consultations, paranormal Mm -hmm. consultations. These are something that I was offering on my own for a while this year as I have experience within paranormal investigation. But Alyssa also has experience now with paranormal investigation and I often have her consult on my paranormal consultations. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do it together. So we we now have stpodcast.com, which just launched since our last episode. There's so many cute photos of us, by the way. You should go and admire those. And we will be offering the consultations there. So whenever we have joint services and things like that, we will be offering them through ghostypodcast.com. So I really encourage you to check that out after the ninth when that launches. If you have any paranormal activity going on at your home or your business or in your life in general, we would love to hear about it and Mm -hmm. consult you and give you some advice on how to navigate that. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out after that date. I want to add that we are very oh my gosh, passionate I about it. I love paranormal investigation. <laughs> it is literally so passionate about it. something that I could do every day of my life. It's so much fun. It's so I much love fun. it. I love it yeah. so much. But I, but you know, and I just really want to drive home the thank you again because our audience has grown so much as well this mm-hmm. year. We've grown. We've expanded. We have, a, we're, we're super official, you know, like we've got 
our website. We've got our logo. We've, we are just like, we're just pushing forward. We're really serious about keeping ghost tea podcast going and continuing to provide insightful, exciting episodes and introducing more awesome topics all around things that are occult or witchy or paranormal. It doesn't matter. All of it will cover it. So anyway, it's, fucking awesome so excited i'm so excited we actually also just like bt dubs we also just finished doing our little like 2023 planning session together yes. for ghosty podcast i'm excited and- for what's coming <gasps> i'm really excited be prepared yeah. hold on to your hats i hope so. we're gonna you, like- we're gonna all become paranormal rangers <laughs> you you <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tie that into the story oh actually. Yeah, let me put that in my note because yeah. I want to tie that into doing one of our lives. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, welcome back to Custody Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. And I am your host, Alyssa. And today we are going to share our experience paranormal investigating the Fairmont Chateau Laurier in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Yay! I'm so excited to share this with you all. But before we start, I just want to remind you that everybody has different views on things, and that's okay. We don't ask you to believe what we do. We just want to share what we found in our personal path with others. In addition to that, we like to approach our paranormal investigations with a touch of the practical and the mundane because we don't want to just be doing it with our intuitive senses. So you will find that as we go through this episode. For those interested in booking a session or learning more about us and or subscribing to the newsletter, you can check out Alyssa's and my websites in the description below, or you can check out ghostteapodcast.com and find links to both of our websites from the About Us page. Yo, I'm going to give you all the background on the the Give us the, the, the deets. So sit back, put your fucking feet up, grab yourself some tea. And have a little listen at this really amazing historical site. She's going to tell us a ghost story. Okay, get ready, guys. Prepare your buttholes. Okay. (laughs) Pucker them buttholes. Pucker up, babies. We're going on a journey. Let's go. Did you crack your knuckles? I did. Oh my god. Okay, go for it. Okay. So amazing. The Ottawa region's identity has been influenced by many cultures, including First Nations, French, English, Scottish, and Irish. So the city of Ottawa, where I live and where Arl came to visit, where we hosted our paranormal investigation, is located within the traditional Anishinaabeg Algonquin territory. So since several rivers meet here, the area was always an active transportation corridor for an enormous diversity of indigenous groups and travelers. The city's name actually comes from the Algonquin word Odawa meaning to trade. And European explorers passed through the region beginning in the 1600s, followed by Irish, French, and Scottish settlers who launched the local timber trade in the early 1800s. So the population really increased with the construction of the Rideau Canal, which is well known as the, I think it is the longest outdoor skating rink or something in North America. I can't remember what it is on stats now, but 
in any case, the construction of the Rideau Canal as a military defense and transportation route in case of war with the United States. So the settlement was known as Bytown until it was incorporated as the city of Ottawa in 1855. And then in 1857, Queen Victoria chose it as the new capital of Canada. And a number of years following that, Canada was joined in as the uh, part of the Commonwealth, the British monarchy Commonwealth. So with that being said, that's a little bit on Ottawa itself. So the Fairmont Chateau Laurier is Canada's most lavish and elegant hotel and truly is. It's gorgeous. It's situated just steps from Canadian Parliament. There's granite and white Italian marble building. It was designed in French Renaissance and neo-Gothic style and it was built in 1912 for two million at the time at the behest of railroad baron Charles Melville Hayes. The plans for the hotel initially generated some controversy as the chateau was to be constructed on what was then a portion of Majors Hill Park and Sir Wilfrid Laurier, the then Prime Minister of Canada, helped secure the important site for the construction and thus the hotel was eventually named in his honour. So Laurier's government was also subsidizing the Grand Trunk Railway's Pacific Line. And further conflict had ensued when the original architect, Bradford Gilbert, from New York was dismissed due to disagreements with Grand Truck executives, and they engaged the Montreal firm of Ross and McFarland to complete the design. So the hotel was to be opened on 26th of April in 1912, but Hayes, who was returning to Canada for the hotel opening, perished aboard the RMS Titanic when it sank on the 15th of April. So Grand Trunk officials held a more subdued opening ceremony on the 12th of June with Sir Wilfrid Laurier in attendance. In August 1914, Major Raymond Brutonel enrolled the first recruits for the Canadian Automobile Machine Gun Brigade, or the CAMGB, at the hotel. And there was a memorial plaque with a circular bas-relief of Brigadier Generals Brutonel and a bas-relief of machine gunners on Vimy Ridge, which is dedicated to the memory of Brutonel, who commanded the CAMGB. The members of the Canadian Machine Gun Brigade who died on active service and in honor of those who served. We actually did see that while we were there. When the Grand Trunk became part of Canadian National Railway, or the CNR, in 1923, the Chateau Laurier became one of CN's most important hotels. In addition to hotel guests, the Chateau Laurier has also served over the years as the home of two important Ottawa institutions. So for years, the hotel thrived, playing host to royalty, heads of state, political figures, celebrities, and members of Canada's elite. Given its proximity to parliamentary buildings and the fact that it served as a home and a meeting place for many notable political figures over the years, the hotel has actually been referred to as the third chamber of parliament. Some examples of dignitaries that used to frequent the hotel was Queen Elizabeth II, Winston Churchill, King George IV, Nelson Mandela, Herbert Hoover, Lady Diana. They have all signed the hotel registry as well. And in 1981, the hotel was designated a National Historic Site of Canada and in 2017 joined the historic hotels worldwide. Now, We're going to get into Charles Hayes because he plays a pretty big part of the hotel lore, if you will. 
So Hayes was born in 1856 in Rock Island, Illinois, and was raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Like many railroad tycoons, he began working at a railroad company as a young man and climbed up the ranks through hard work and dedication. He eventually became general manager and later president of the Grand Trunk Railway of Canada. Hayes dreamed of building a continental railroad across Canada with luxurious hotels for passengers along the way. So tragically, as we talked about before, just 12 days before the Chatelier opened, Hayes drowned when the RMS Titanic sank in the Atlantic Ocean on April 14th of 1912. Since its completion, however, as we talked about royalty, heads of state, politicians, celebrities have all graced the chateau and three movies, uh, three <laughs> really cute movies, actually, I was taking a look at them, were filmed there, Captain of the Clouds in 1942, Little Gloria, Happy at Last, 1982, and H2O, 2004, were filmed there. Despite its romantic appearance, several deaths have allegedly occurred in and around the hotel, including suicide by jumping from the upper floors and many strange stories center on the former Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or CBC radio studio that was hosted on the seventh floor, which occupied that space for 80 years. Former CBC chairman Patrick Watson reported several unnerving incidents in his nearby suite. The ghost of an unnamed child has also been reported. According to Glenn Shackleton, proprietor of Canada's original haunted tours, the ghost of Charles Hayes is also believed to roam the Chateau's halls. Encounters include a disembodied voice singing, brushes with unseen hands, whistling, and doors opening and closing. And lastly, and this is something that I attribute to the amazing staff that work at the Fairmont. So huge shout out to you guys. You guys were so sweet and gracious. They were amazing. Amazing staff. So polite and just we're so happy and eager and willing to support us along our investigation with those that we chatted with. But they shared with us that the hotel had been used over the years to host secret meetings among top government official military personnel and the elite. And we started doing a little bit of digging, Ariel and I, into uh, some of the various different plaques that were on the walls while we were there. And we saw a lot of references to the role that the Chateau had played as far as military is concerned. And Ottawa has a, a background, by the way, in the beginning, how the Cold War started, just as a little history factoid, if anybody's interested in that. So another thing that we asked the staff while we were there was, okay, so we know a little bit of the background of the Chateau at the time, not very much, not even as much as we just went through. <laughs> so yeah, we kept there's it some very... things in there where I was just like, oh, that makes sense with what yeah. came through. Mm-hmm. Because that we kept it very light, very, very yes. light. I purposefully we... try not to know anything about the area that I'm going into before I investigate it because mm -hmm. I don't want to be biased or influenced at all if I can avoid it. There are places where I just know a little bit about the place before I go. And even before we went there, like Alyssa went through a little bit of the history, but I was like, whoa, whoa, stop. Like she even shared more than I would have wanted her to share. 
but it wasn't enough to really influence too much in our investigation. But I usually like to go in like with a cold read, like just nothing mm-hmm. about the area, nothing about the building, because I like to not be influenced at all as much as possible. And then kind of see what comes through in the investigation and see if it can be verified by historical accounts or um, the history of the place or with other people's experiences. So when we were there and we were talking with the staff, we were asking them, where's the most haunted place? Like we originally, I think our floor that we were booked on was just like a whatever I think it was like the third or fourth floor or something and we were like is is it possible to get us on the most haunted floor (laughs) can we move our room to the most haunted floor and they were telling us that the floor I think we ended up on the fifth did we not we ended up on the fifth floor okay cool so that was the fifth floor I think is the last floor before the suites. And then the seventh floor is like offices. So you can't Mm -hmm. rent that out. Yeah. And that was known to be apparently where Charles would hang out. But before we get into what we experienced when we actually got there, one of the things that that we did on the way in the drive in is Ariel uh, recorded a video where we just kind of discussed what we were already picking up on the way there. Like we were kind of tuning in a little bit and seeing what was coming through, what kind of visions, feelings, taste, sounds, sights, whatever we were seeing, feeling, hearing doesn't matter. And there were some interesting, interesting things came through. And at the yeah. time we were like a little confused with some of the things that we were picking up on. Yeah. Well, because it didn't make sense. Like Alyssa was picking up on some visions and I was getting feelings. So I, I was just tuning in and just kind of seeing what came through because I, Mm -hmm. I like to just kind of open my senses to the area and the building. If there is a building involved and then just see what it tells me before Mm -hmm. I try to tune into any of the spirits. And when I was tuning into the building, I was getting a lot of uh, dirt. Like it was a very earthy feeling energy, which kind of threw me for a loop because usually when I tune into buildings, if they are um, larger buildings, especially with the chateau being stone, I didn't really expect to feel like a very, very earthy energy. I expected to feel something more industrial. So it was really throwing me off. And in addition to that, I felt a very reserved energy. Like it felt Mm -hmm. very reserved, very careful with who it allowed in Mm -hmm. energetically and uh, mentally and or intuitively. It was just very like secretive feeling. And I didn't really pick up on much outside of that on our way there. It wasn't until I actually got to the building that I got more. Yeah. And we shared some overlap in the secrecy aspect I was getting a lot of the same same concept, you know, conservative, tight lip, like shh, secrets like that. It was giving me a lot of that. And I also picked up on there were a number of visions that came through and also feelings. I felt cold and I saw ice. Like what I would just was like a block of ice, basically. And I was kind of just describing like I'm I'm seeing ice and I don't really understand what that I didn't understand what that meant and I was like I'm sure there's ice on the site it's fucking Canada but I was just like I don't get it like I didn't understand what that well, meant. Well we figured too that it might have been connected with like the Titanic stuff mm-hmm. and we we're like well it True. could be that so like there was there was things that came through that we were like well maybe it could be this but we didn't discount that it could be something else too, because you always want to keep your mind open when you're tuning mm-hmm. in, you know, be aware of what you're getting, but also try to 
kind of make sense of it in a, in a way. So we did take that into account. It wasn't like we were just like, we don't know what this, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like no, we, we, we were we, taking note yeah. of it. Yeah. We were taking note of, note of it and making sure that we were taking into account like all of the different things, the different aspects at play. I also saw someone playing a grand piano. I saw a little boy and I saw a, a colored man who was in a uniform that I think at the time I was kind of describing as what seemed to be like maybe like a like a server or a butler or like a something to do with that sort of industry. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was anything else, but the feeling of that conservative secrecy came through real hard, real hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the big energy that I was getting. It's like, it really, it it kind of kept us at arm's length until we got there and we were Mm -hmm. inside. And then it was just kind of like, okay, well, (laughs) you're here now. Um, Yes, it was actually really interesting that it didn't, we didn't start getting more until we were literally inside the hotel. That was interesting. It was. And when we first arrived, like, as soon as we walked in the door, we were just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. so much. There were like, so many spirits yeah. just in activity. And it's not, yeah. Well, and it's not unusual for us to like walk into a place and there to be a lot of spirits present because that's, that's what we experience pretty much every day. But the difference is that when we go into places like Marshall's or Target, it's somewhere where we're not really opening ourselves up intuitively mm-hmm. when we go in there. Like we can pick up on stuff that's coming through really strongly. Mm-hmm. But when you go into a place for a paranormal investigation, and this is kind of going into like what people call in the industry paranormal hangovers, mm-hmm. is because when you are in a paranormal investigation, whether you are someone who's intuitive or not, what happens is that you are energetically opening yourself up to whatever is there and you're keeping your energy open the entire time you're there. Mm-hmm. So there's this hypervigilant state that you you go into when you're in a place like that. And when you're investigating, so rather than, you know, just picking up on a spirit here and there that would have like a really strong energy, we're picking up on a lot more than what we typically would because we're already open and we're already ready to like, just kind of embrace whatever energies are there. So as soon as we walked in the door, it was just like, bam, like all of the ghosties Uh, at once. (laughs) No preconceived notions of what we were even looking for or what we were nothing. We just went in completely open and just let whatever come through, come through. And the interesting thing was when we got to the counter to check in, I saw, I literally saw Charles Hayes standing there. (laughs) He was at the counter with us. And I was like, I am so sorry because he was trying to talk to me, but I was also trying to talk to Arl. And I was also trying to keep note of like the people around me and then Mm -hmm. trying to decipher who were, who was alive and who was dead. And also like trying to see at what point are we going to start talking to the lady at the counter? Like your brain (laughs) is like picking up on all the things. And I just, I had to be like, I am so sorry, sir. I desperately want to talk to you. Truly. I do. But you're going to have to just give me a second. (laughs) And he was very polite. He was super, super polite. Like really, really gorgeous manners. Like very, very gorgeous manners. I think he even called me ma'am. And I think that took me back. (laughs) You remember that? I think he called me ma'am. And I was like, like, ma'am, oh my 
<laughs> you're like oh goodness <laughs> oh yeah. pardon me uh, he anyway he was very very sweet but he was he was the most prominent figure that um that i had encountered when when we first got there yes and we when we checked in we went up to the room and the elevators oh my god oh elevators. god <laughs> i'm so sorry but they just they they felt weird. were they the energy in the elevators like don't get me wrong like i'm not a huge fan of elevators in general but i never Fun have fact, I, ever... I like to go to buildings and just ride the elevators up and down yeah. no i don't yeah. i hate I'm, elevators I, i'm just like i'm not usually <laughs> that bothered by elevators but i just did not like the elevators yeah. at the Fairmont. And if any staff are listening, like it has nothing to do with like cleanliness or anything like that. No, it nothing was the to energy. do with that. It, it was, was the energy. energy. It was, was the energy. It, it was purely intuitive, like yeah. nothing wrong with like the, the setting or anything like that. It was just the energy was just really, really weird. So we got into the elevators. We went to our room. As soon as we got into our room, <laughs> there we were met with the sweetest spirit. Named Rachel. Rachel! uh, She was so cute. I'm literally obsessed with Rachel. I wanted to put her in my pocket and take her home. She was so cute. She was a housekeeping staff. And she immediately came up to us and was like, hello, I'm going to be your housekeeping staff during your stay. And like, she was showing us around the room and showing us where we could put our things. And she was telling us about herself. And like, she was just such a sweetheart. And we just, sweet. she has a special place in our hearts. So she is just incredible. And she was just kind of telling us about, you know, the the place and and kind of how it worked and as we were getting settled in the room that's when i started getting visions of things and i was kind of taken aback by it because um i was just kind of putting things away and as i would be putting things away it was like i <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid <laughs> but the only way that i could describe this is like a that's so raven moment where like you're just like sitting there and then you can't see anything else other than the vision that's in front of you i would be like unloading my stuff and then all of a sudden i would just be sitting there staring at a wall and Alyssa was like are you okay (laughs) and i was like no dude like i'm getting visions of this thing and i don't know what it is basically what i was seeing was this creature like it was for lack of a better way of explaining it it what it looked similar to the creatures in in alien almost but not quite like i don't know how to explain it other than it just looked humanoid but not human and it was completely black it just had a very elemental energy so i assumed that it was some sort of like elemental creature but it was a creature nonetheless and i wasn't sure if it was a uh, an elemental or possibly like a poltergeist or something like that because we have seen poltergeist activity come through in that kind of form before so i I wasn't discounting it i was just kind of trying to make sense of it but it would just show itself sometimes in this vision of being in like kind of more of what I would describe as like a like basement area near like some sort of um, tank, like a propane tank or um, like a big water heater tank is what it looks like. And I I wasn't sure what I was seeing. So I was like, eh, you know, I, I don't know if it's even related to the building. It might be somewhere else down the street. Like we just don't know. So I kept it in mind and I mentioned it to Alyssa, but we just kind of like went on with our investigation from there. But 
we did have to get dinner. So we we went downstairs. We We went downstairs and we got dinner at the incredible restaurant called Zoe's. And so good. Oh, it was one of the best dinners I have ever had in my life. It was, it was so good. And the staff was amazing. Yeah. It was just really, really incredible experience. So if you ever do go to the Chateau, I do highly recommend getting dinner at Zoe's and experiencing the whole thing because it is so, so worth it. We were on like a date. It was like romantic. It was so great. It It was was so great. And they even made us like non-alcoholic mules, like Mm -hmm. Moscow mules. And they were incredible. They were so good. And I am honestly upset that I don't live closer and I can't do that like on a regular basis because (laughs) they were so good. Um, So 10 out of 10, do you recommend the hotel? Oh, I was actually talking to my mom about paranormal investigating at the Chateau and she told me that she took me to that exact same restaurant when I was about eight and was teaching me how like to use cutlery, like fancy cutlery. Oh my God. And I didn't even know. I remember I have the memory of like being told what fork and spoon and knife to use and when, but, and I knew that it was somewhere downtown Ottawa, but I couldn't remember where, and that's exactly where it was. Oh my God. So that's kind of fun. Fun little factoid. (laughs) And don't think that we weren't experiencing things at dinner because we were. Oh, we were. Oh, we were. were. There were so many things happening at dinner. So I, I don't know if they'll ever change the seating arrangements, but if they don't, we were sat, um, when you go through the initial, uh, foyer into the restaurant and you go through like the casual seating area, you get into the dining room. And so if you are facing the bar from the entry doors, it's the first small table to your right that we were sitting at right beyond the stairs to the Mm -hmm. upper level. And we're sitting there and I was facing towards the hotel lobby and to my right through the glass doors, I kept seeing these (laughs) legs. And at first I saw it and I like glanced over because I just thought it was a person, but I only saw legs. And I was like, that (laughs) is not a human person (laughs) because there was no torso. There was no upper body. It was just legs. And I was like, wow. Okay. So I just laughed about it and just continued with dinner, but it kept happening. Have like on a cycle. On a, yeah. So I do believe that it was probably a um, recurring or people usually call these residual uh, hauntings yeah. where it just replays itself. So I do think it was that, but I thought it was hilarious and it reminded <laughs> me of the Fresno Nightcrawlers. And I honestly was <laughs> such a fan. So if you ever go to the restaurant, look for the legs. <laughs> Dude, it reminded me of that Family Guy episode where Peter just turns into two pairs of legs in his head. And they're like, do those legs go all the way? Anyway, that's what I was thinking of the whole time. I just couldn't stop. But it was just so random. We were just like, what in the actual? And then, um, so I was facing the, obviously the opposite because I was facing Arl. But so I wasn't seeing the direction she was. I was um, looking out towards like a window and like a semi patio kind of looking area, I think. And 
even though the patio wasn't open or anything and there were real humans, peoples that were sitting down and having food and stuff, I also were seeing like spirits dancing to the music that was being played. Mm -hmm. So there was this various, like it would cycle through this various different types of music and there would be certain ones where I would just see like, I don't know, like it looked like a, maybe a married couple or something just dancing, just and it was just so cute. And it was just like, this is sweet. This is so it sweet. Was. It, it was. was so sweet. But yeah, she got the legs and I got a dancing couple. But there were also like <laughs> other, we were seeing other things as well. Like oh we yeah. Were like we, ha- we have a lot of guardians around us. We do. And yeah. especially when we're doing a paranormal investigations or tuning into things like that, they tend to come through really strongly just to make mm-hmm. sure that they're kind of a mediator between us and the energies that we're picking up on. And so we had a lot of activity from them in the restaurant and to be honest, they were coming through so strongly that we kept mistaking the staff <laughs> for our guardians. It's true. And it's I kept so looking true. over and being like, oh my God, I thought that was Astaroth and it's not. It's the waiter. Like, Dude, there was, was there was one guy who I swear looked identical to Astaroth and oh my like gosh, he would he walk did. past and I'd be like, oh my God. And I was saying to Arl, I was like, it's as if, like I, for a second there, I was like, he physically manifested right yes. next to us. Isn't yes. that cool? Like, but yes. dude, it was just wild. Like, I just like the poor staff probably thought we were such creepers because we kept staring at them. Staring but I, at there them. were times where I was like, "Are you a real person or are you an invisible person in a real sense?" Like, I did <laughs> not tell the difference. Oh, it was so weird. I only <laughs> could tell that it wasn't them when they started giving me this look of concern, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that's not like that." actual person <laughs> yeah. and it was oh. just we were just so confused at that but it was it, it was a lot of fun it was a really good time it so was we so much fun we planned afterwards to head up to the room after we finished eating and we had the best dessert ever by the way i just want to like we shout did. out for the dessert so but you gotta good. let the food settle so gotta we let it settle in the hotel we we decided yeah. that we were just gonna go on live stream and explore the hotel mm-hmm. and kind of get a feel for you know the whole building as much as we could before we got into the initial investigation. So in the hotel, there's an area where they have a lot of different plaques and photos and things like that of the history of the chateau and the people who have visited and things like that. And so we went through that little gallery area Mm -hmm. and just yeah we did that on live stream i remember yeah that. yeah and the the footage that we have from that the highlights we will be putting on our social media just in case you want to yep. see it and i will do my best to have the, that go up at the same time this episode does we were just going through that and it was so nice like the way that they have it set up is so beautifully done it's very it's set up in a really beautiful way it to is. where everything flows and is really yeah. easy to just take your time and take in the sights. The building itself is gorgeous. Phenomenal. Beautiful architecture truly, and beautiful, truly beautiful. decor. Like it's oh, so beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. It's just mind-numbingly beautiful. And I, a lot of people were commenting on that uh, during the live streams, just how beautiful it was, but the, it's even more beautiful in person. It's just one it of those is. things Videos where- Videos don't do it justice no, at all. Because you don't get you to You really got to go there and experience um, well you don't know how big it is like it is so grand and so it, it is but it's intricate at the same time yes. it's detailed and intricate yes. and mm-hmm. it's 
there's tasteful. so many little details yeah very tasteful. that you just don't pick up on in yeah. video and it just the videos honestly just don't do it justice but it is makes a, a lot of sense for place. why the famous people who would frequent the Absolutely. place would go there it makes a lot of sense i kind of I, I understand percent. now <laughs> i totally I get, get it now i understand yes. but um when, while we were walking around there was i i actually just recalled this i saw um in the lobby area there's like a little overhang area up at the top like you yes. go up some stairs there's like a little yes. peeping overhang mm -hmm. lounge area that you can see down into the lobby and i did see a man and a woman waving and so yeah. i waved back i was like hi and there's nobody up there like, well there was for me i'm but. sure that there were so many looks that we got from actual people who were like oh my gosh these people are losing their mind in They're a hotel lobby psychotic. yeah so this the staff was beautiful the people that were visiting there probably thought that we were crazy so yeah i'm sure the staff has dealt with a lot of creepy people so we were probably just another one they were like wow look at all these creepy people walking around waving it nothing um but yeah the, so i saw the the man and the woman but i don't know that i saw them again after that but they were mm -hmm. they were so they were so happy they were yes. like oh they were like so i'm like waving my hands like you can see me they're like hello like and i'm just like hello and they were the really other... well dressed Mm -hmm. And the other thing was that um, we went down to the basement level because we were trying to find the area where I was seeing this vision. Like we were trying to find an area that kind of matched it. And honestly, I couldn't. If if it is somewhere in that building, it has to be in an area where I just didn't have access to. Regardless, we were trying to find an area that kind of matched what I was seeing. So we were going down to the basement levels. And from the basement levels, you can go to the turret stairs, which if you're looking at the chateau from the outside, there is an area in the building where it's kind of this um, turret on the left side if you're looking at the front. And that is a staircase to each level of the building. And it's a beautiful staircase. Um, it's kind of mm -hmm. different on either on each level. And it's original to the building. And you can go up from the basement all the way to the seventh floor. So we started going up that stairwell. The way that the stairs are set up, which I do want to mention because this is important for later as we go through what we experienced, each level is completely enclosed in glass. So mm -hmm. the only opening to the other floors is to the basement, right? Mm -hmm. Everything else is enclosed and the, the staircase is dead quiet. It oh, is so, so quiet, quiet as you're going up. Like you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. It is nearly silent. So as we're going up the stairs, you can hear people in the basement, like kind of coming in and out because the staff use the basement as their way to get into the building and things like that. So you can hear people, you know, opening the doors and stuff like that. But we were going up the stairs and I think when we got around the third or fourth floor, we heard whistling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Because we had been told by the staff that the stairwell was one of the more haunted places. So we wanted yeah. to check that out before doing the official investigation, just kind of get a good feel of it. So we did hear whistling and we were like, oh, that must be the staff. Like we just kind of didn't really think about it much. But then we realized that we hadn't heard anybody come in from the doors we hadn't heard anybody like walking around and we thought they were going to come up the stairs because, you know, staff, 
you know, security or something would be walking around the building. They do their rounds, but they never came up. It was just, there was no one there. It, it was that's just why whistling. It, that's why it's important that we mention that it's enclosed and it's dead quiet. Yes. Because if there's somebody walking, trust, we would hear you it. You will hear it. You yeah. Hear because it. it's echoey too. Like yeah. the floors are marble in a lot of the stairwells. So it's echoey and you can hear, like when we would be moving up the staircase, you could hear mm-hmm. us. So and there was no was, vents or air exchange. There was no vents. There was no air conditioned vents or heating vents in that stairwell. Mm-mm. It was completely enclosed. Like the air was actually kind of stuffy in there. It was like, it was yeah. depending Stale. on the floor, of course, but as you went up to the upper floors, like after like the second or third floor, it started getting really stuffy because all of the mm-hmm. hot air goes up. Right. So yeah. all of the hot air didn't have anywhere to go because it, there weren't any vents or anything like that. And that is something that we want to mention because later on we had experiences that would be mm-hmm. important for you to know that information about. While we were walking around and looking at all of the various different plaques and the reliefs that were on the walls, that's where I was getting confirmation of the person that I was seeing playing the grand piano. There was a section of the hotel that used to be a ballroom gala room, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it was a ballroom gala room. And there was... They had a band. Fo- they had a, a photograph of the musicians that would play um so that everybody could dance and mm-hmm. there was a massive grand piano with someone playing it and i was like that's legit the piano i was seeing like grand <laughs> pianos you like you have a vision in your head of what a grand piano looks like and just by the way side note this is this is a weird little side tangent but i feel like it's important to mention this because it's such a weird thing but my husband used to move grand pianos as his job and <laughs> one of the things that i have learned from him is that every grand piano is different and every one of them looks different and every one of them is unique. So the Mm -hmm. one I was seeing in my vision was a perfect match to what I saw in the photo. And you're just going to have to take my word for it. I'm like hyper aware of how different grand pianos can look between and amongst each other. (laughs) So I just like really want to make that like small little detail. It's just kind of like you learn things if you're, if your spouse or your significant other has like this long history or hobby or or something. Mm -hmm. I know a lot about same piano. (laughs) I know a lot about random shit about grand pianos. Uh, Anyway. So side tangent that I, I thought was kind of interesting. Also, too, while we were walking around and looking at the plaques, I did see the the same colored man in his outfit, in his serving outfit, but he went towards a restaurant and there's like two restaurants at the hotel. Yeah, there's, there's the more formal one, Zoe's, mm-hmm. and then there's another one where they usually have like the breakfast in the morning and the brunch. Yeah. And yeah. we didn't actually end up going to that one, but yeah, it was closed by the time we got there because we got yeah. there later at night. Yeah. And I saw him and I was so interested in following him, but he actually went into that closed off area into what looked to be the kitchen. So I was like, well, I can't just wander in and follow him. I'm just going to saunter into this closed area. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you got to be respectful of the sites that you're investigating. So I, I didn't follow him in and I actually never saw him again, but I did see him while we were looking at the various different reliefs on the wall, because there is such a rich history at this site. So there was quite a bit of interesting stuff we saw. 
So yes. anyway, just I the, wanted to connect the two yeah. of what I was picking up. And in up the basement and... too, I believe we saw the the um, little boy. We did in the basement. We did, we did mm-hmm. see the little boy, and he was um, he tried to lead us somewhere, and um, I think that's actually where he led us is one of the areas where the staff that we later bumped into as well said that that area was kind of also said to be sort of spooky. And I was like, that's kind of funny. Uh, But we did see the little boy. And if you remember from the beginning of this podcast in my intro, you might remember where I said that there were reports of a little, a little child, Mm -hmm. a little, a little kid running around. So that also is super interesting and checks out. And also at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that people had reported hearing the whistling, which is also yes. something that we experienced mm-hmm. in the in the hallway. Yes. Er, sorry, in the stairwell. Yes, in the turret. In the turret. <laughs> in the turret. As we walked through the hotel and just kind of got a feel for it, we went back up to the the room and we started a spirit box session because we wanted to just kind of get a feel of the spirits that were coming through. If there were any that would kind of give us some information about themselves or the area or where we should be going next. And we kind of wanted to ask about the different things that the the staff had told us about, but also about this creature that I kept picking up on. So we did start a spirit box session and what was frustrating is that we would have all of these spirits come forward. Now mm-hmm. at first we didn't really have anybody come through, but Rachel was so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> so sweet. We're going to give like so many like stand moments for Rachel in this podcast. We're sitting there and we weren't really having a whole lot of spirits come forward. Like there was a lot in the room, yeah. but they wouldn't talk. And yeah. so I was like, Rachel, it, you know, are they uncomfortable? And she was like, Oh, well, I think they just need, you know, permission. And so we were like, you know, would you be comfortable like kind of bringing them forward for us? And then there was a ton of spirits. So (laughs) many. There were English ones, accented ones, and French French ones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So many. And and for those who don't know this, Ottawa and like Parliament is directly on the border of Gatineau, Quebec. Canada as a whole is a bilingual country for English and French are the two main uh, languages. But in Gatineau, the primary language is French. So we were picking up and th- I love this about it because spirit boxes um, move through frequencies, AM and FM frequency, depending on which one you choose, or it's a combination of the bo- of both. So the interesting thing is French spirits who didn't know how to speak English were able to tune into the French radio that mm-hmm. is available in the area. So we mm-hmm. were picking up and I, I speak French, so I was able to pick up on certain words, and some of the people in the live stream were picking up on certain words as well. And thanks to Rachel, we started getting quite a host of different spirits coming through on the on the spirit box during the live stream. And at yes. that point, it was trying. It wasn't that we were trying to get more; we were trying to narrow it down to who could tell us who could give us a name and like go from there. Yeah. Well, because what was frustrating is that we would have all these spirits stepping forward who would introduce themselves Mm -hmm. and tell us their names. And then they would 
seemingly move out of the way and let someone else forward who would tell us their name and then tell us like, you know, their age. And then another person would come in and we were kind of confused as to why we couldn't have like a conversation with someone because typically we were able to in past experiences, have a conversation that was ongoing with one of the spirits. And you would have a little bit of spirits coming in here and there, but for the most part, you would have a consistent voice coming through speaking Mm -hmm. with you and giving you information. So we're trying to find like the spirit that was going to kind of be that person for us to kind of be that mediator between us and the spirits of the building. So we were trying to talk with Rachel. We were trying to talk with, I believe there was like a a spirit named like Mike or something. (laughs) And so there was just a lot of spirits coming through, but we could never get past their age because they would just stop talking after that. And so we were like, this is really weird. So we were trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what they did at the hotel. Mm -hmm. And at the point where we would ask them what their role was or how long they had been there or what they did, what, if they worked there, they wouldn't tell us. And we couldn't ever get past that you know, my name is X, Y, Z. And then this is my age. And then they would go silent and we couldn't figure out why. And we're like, oh, well, I think they're just shy. Maybe they're unsure of how to interact with us because this was new. Like we were still getting to know the spirits of this building. And we figured that that was just something that they were just kind of getting used to us. Feeling us so out. We didn't, yeah, sending yeah. out the little feelers. <laughs> right. So we didn't really think anything of it, but it just got more and more frustrating because oh, yeah. the more we tried to tune in, the more we were just kind of getting this kickback for seemingly no reason. But we were doing this spirit box session and we took a little bit of a break and then we came back to it because we got to a point where we started asking Rachel, since she seemed to be the one that was able to answer us the most about this creature that I was picking up on. And as we were asking her about this creature, we started getting this ice cold air in the room oh I just got a shiver absolute just remembering rigid air and it was so cold it was so cold and we didn't have the air on at that point if I can remember correctly or if we did it was like the heater like it was just it didn't make sense that we would be getting this frigid air coming in we didn't even have the window open like it was just coming from in case y'all don't know their doors at the hotel are real wood. They're so heavy. <laughs> heavy doors. Like you can guarantee there's no draft coming in from one of them doors. Like that's like a yeah. bunker door, dude. Well, because the hallways, <laughs> the hallways of the hotel were honestly kind of stuffy too. Yeah. So like it the we knew that the air that we were feeling wasn't coming from the hallway. Cause even if it was, yeah. it would have been kind of room temperature for us, if not warmer. So We just, it was just really odd. And we started getting this sense of like this creature coming into the room with us to the point where it, we were seeing it in between Alyssa and I on the bed. And it was being picked up on the spirit box. Yes. Yes. We were having really weird sounds coming through on the spirit box and all of the spirits went completely silent. Completely silent. Ooh, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps just remembering again. Oof. So, so we're sitting there. So we turn off the spirit box to try to like kind of bring the energy back down. And Alyssa started channeling Artemis. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. So it, I'm not going to lie. 
Arl and I fucking love if we are freaked out by something we want to go to it if that hallway looks creepy we it to no end we're running into it we have a white girl syndrome okay we (laughs) We will run towards things that we should not be running towards because we are the dumb bitches in the movie that are like oh my gosh what is it yeah we are going to absolutely die first so but at least it's dying a good death because just know that whenever we're yes whenever we're sharing information about our paranormal investigations do as we say not as we do okay yeah okay <laughs> just, yeah, please, yeah. if just, you feel like it's a bad idea you know like just you don't. are just yeah don't. but for us we're like it feels bad we're going to it so right because uh, i feel comfortable like we know yeah. how to navigate stuff like that for example this is like so out there but if we were to have something trying to attack us mm-hmm. or like possess us in some way like we know how to prevent that we know how to navigate that situation because we have enough experience to do so mm-hmm. but I'm not going to lie. Please don't contact us saying that you're like possessed by a spirit because you did what we did and just yeah, please don't. like doing what we were doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just do as we say, not as we do. Thank you. But this, this entity <laughs> as it was coming for, and we noticed it was, I do want to give this context because there were a fair number of people in the live stream that were taking note of this weird high-pitched squealing sound that would be coming through the spirit box and it would happen and then it would be silent 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 and then it would happen and then it would happen and then silent so it was just like getting progressively closer together Mm time-wise and clustered and we just weren't getting any spirits and then when that coldness came through we felt the the creature behind us and prior to the creature coming in one of the things that Rachel was mentioning was that there was two of them in the hotel. Yes. Yes. There was a big one one and a small one. And a small one. And Arl, we believe was we, because we were feeling sensing the small one in the room with us, but Mm -hmm. Arl was still sensing the big one, not in the room with us. So we were talking about this on the live stream. We were like, we don't think this is the big one. We think this is a small one. And we felt it behind us. And I refuse to look behind me. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. I don't want to fucking look at this thing in the face. But didn't this, didn't this bugger get right in between us? Because Arl and I were sitting side by side on the edge of the bed, on the end of the bed with, with the stream going and the spirit box on a little table in front of us. And this thing was just right dead in between our heads and was breathing so Mm -hmm. heavy and its presence was so eerie and it was very uncomfortable it was uncomfortable it it was i wouldn't say that it was negative no i wouldn't say negative negative would be too strong of a word and too specific but it did feel extremely uncomfortable and very much like we shouldn't be where we were. Yeah. I but I didn't we didn't at least for me I didn't get a sense of danger from it. No. It was no. more like a warning. I felt like it was more yeah. like like hey. It was almost I, like if you were to back a dog into a corner and mm-hmm. it starts growling at you, that's what it felt like. Yeah. It felt it almost felt like, like we were putting it in a position where it had to feel like it was starting to have to defend itself. So it started acting aggressively, but it itself didn't feel aggressive. It felt more like it was not comfortable with what we were doing. Yes. So, but at the time. It gets in between us. And we're just like, and I'm so fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm like twitching and I'm like trying to, and I'm, I'm like moving my head around. And then Artemis 
came through on the spirit box. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember she mm-hmm. came through and she was standing in the room. And as Arl was talking on the live stream, I nudged her and I was like, our Mrs. Channeling. She wants to channel our Mrs. Channeling because she knew how uncomfortable I was. So she's one of she's one of my patrons. She's one of the guardians that was with me during this um, to help with like protection and kind of mediating some of the energies that were coming in and out. But I also didn't really let her block everything, obviously, because I'm trying to investigate. So she felt it necessary that my discomfort was so palpable that she was like, I'm going to full on trans channel right now. And you're just going to move the fuck over and didn't, didn't. And then, and then after that, I, I don't know. I only know what Arl told me and what people on the live stream told me. But at that point I was so fucking uncomfortable. I was like, I don't even care. I don't even care if Santa Claus channels through me right now. I just, I just want to get away from this thing breathing in my right mm-hmm. ear. Like go ahead. And she took over. Yeah. So while she was channeling, she was like, Hey, like, let's take a break. Let's get some snacks. Cause at that point, like it had been a a few hours since we had eaten dinner. So what we did was, um, we ended up ordering some food in and just kind of talking with people on the live stream. The energy really died down after that. Um, once we turned off the spirit box and just kind of kept to ourselves for a little bit, the energy pretty much immediately dissipated. Like it, Mm -hmm. it went back to baseline really quick. The, other thing is too that if the frigid air had been due to the room temperature or us having the air conditioning on or something like that, it would have taken longer than a few seconds for it to just go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And yep. that it went back to baseline so quickly. So after that, we ended up, uh, I did walk downtown with Artemis <laughs> to look for food. And then we came back and we door dashed something because we just couldn't find anything that was like open. So that was when Alyssa came back and we ate some stuff and then we continued investigating. And in the second part of our investigation, we really wanted to focus on the stairwell because that was where Mm -hmm. we were having seemingly the most experiences. Mm -hmm. So we went to the stairwell with the spirit box on our floor first, like between the fifth and the sixth floor, because we were like, oh, well, if the seventh floor is supposedly like one of the more haunted ones, um, we'll get as close as we can. So we Mm -hmm. ended up sitting in the the stairwell with the spirit box and we sat there in silence for the first part of it before we turned on the spirit box and we heard the whistling again. And I'm so excited because we did get the whistling on video. Yes! so excited. <laughs> Evidence. Um, so you, mm-hmm, you will be able to hear that too. But the cool thing is that in the video, you'll be able to hear me say, we know it's not the security because we heard them close the door. Yeah. And you could hear like security coming in, like walking through the basement and then walking out the the back door to the parking lot for the staff. And we heard someone, I can't say that it was security, but at the time we assumed that it was, we heard security walking through the basement and then out the door. And then it was silent, Mm -hmm. right? Again, you can hear the footsteps because it's going to echo. Yeah. But we, it was totally silent. And then we just started hearing the whistling. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. I'm so glad that we picked up that on, I'm on video. I'm so happy too. 
Yeah. Because that so, was something that we were just like so intent on picking mm-hmm. up on the on the video because it's something that we had heard when we just when we first arrived. Yes. So we yes. just really I'm so so happy we have I'm that. So glad we got it. Oh, uh, so, and I do want to mention this too during the live stream. I just like a little fun factoid uh, to throw in there. <laughs> we were asking like what spirits are coming through. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Rachel looked like the horses. The horses? <laughs> and we were like, I'm sorry, what? And she was Excuse like, there's me? horses. And we were like, how many? And she was like, 11. <laughs> Whose horse is that? We Whose were just horse like, is that? <laughs> what the hell? 11 oh horses. And then we were like, kind of talking about it later. And we were like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense because. Obviously, right. during the time that this was built, there would have been horses yes. probably taken care yeah, of on there site had or going to, have to been and from. Some sort of like little stable downstairs there or must something have been. like that. But like, it was so funny. So it was random. so random. <laughs> yes. And now, and now, like every time we say, "Whose horse is that?" I'm just always yes. thinking of the spirit horses <laughs> at the Fairmont. <laughs> So There's if you ever 11 visit horses. The Paramount, visit the ghost horses, oh the, the horsey ghosties. But yes, yeah, <laughs> so we're in this stairwell listening to this, this uh, spirit box. And again, we're having all these spirits come forward and we're trying to get information. We have these names come forward, we have ages, mm-hmm. and then they stop. stop. And it was in. I'm not going to lie. It was infuriating. I'm not it, was lie so it was so super frustrating. frustrating because we kept feeling like, oh, this is the one, like we're going to get closer. And it kept just being mm-hmm. this halted information and we couldn't figure out why. And then we started getting voices through. I believe it was Rachel, if I can remember correctly. Yeah. If not, it was one of the spirits we were talking to at the time that said, he's coming. And we assumed that they were talking about the creature. Okay. Because this was what we were expecting. Mm -hmm. And after they had said he's coming, Mm -hmm. then it was that frigid, Frigid, just cold, absolutely ice cold air, just blowing down from the upper floors, which is weird because remember it's stuffy in the turret staircase. As far as we know, there was nothing open at the top Mm -hmm. and all of the upper floors were fairly stuffy. They were not like super air conditioned. So we are like freezing in this stairwell all of a sudden. (laughs) We went from sweating to freezing (laughs) and we're like, what is going on? And of course the spirit box goes silent. It was just this weird energy, but here's an important note that I want to mention that helped us kind of figure out what was going on later on. We did not see the creature in the stairwell. We only felt the frigid air and the weird vibes of being watched. Yep. Like intense. Like, you know, that feeling on the back of your neck when Mm -hmm. you feel that you have eyes on you, but you don't know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. That feeling times 10 just so amplified, so yep. intense of being watched. Like someone was just kind of like, absolutely not. Yeah, You are not doing this. You need to go. There was a sense so, of hostility. Yes. Uh, it anger. was very much like, not this again. Yeah. <laughs> stop like, what you're doing. Stop doing what you're doing. You 
stupid bitches. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, it was not, it was not a happy en- like energy at and all. We and it was, on this mo- and, and it was much it. more hostile than what we felt with, because the creature, that's the thing is like with yeah. the creature, we didn't really feel like it was hostile. We felt like no. it was more of like, Hey, just so you know, like we're uncomfortable with this. Yes. Right. Yeah. Whereas this energy felt hostile. This one felt even more intense and just really bad. (laughs) Like it just felt really bad. And it was, it was just take our word for it. It was not, it was good. It was not good. It was bad. It was less than ideal. No, it was not nice. Uh, So yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad. So we, we kind of hightailed out of the the staircase and we went to the fourth floor because we were like, oh, we haven't been to the fourth floor yet. (laughs) But I, the fourth floor. Oh no, the fourth floor. Oh God. (laughs) So we were on the fifth floor, which is said to be one of the more active floors. But I would argue that the fourth floor has some stuff going on because Dude, we went down to the yes. fourth floor. And let me tell you, <laughs> that floor is really uncomfortable. It so is uncomfortable. very uncomfortable. Here's the thing, though. The fifth floor that we were on is the one that Hayes is known to frequent. And we mm-hmm. did see Hayes in the hallway. Like, he was standing yeah. outside of our door. Like, we would see him just in the hallway when we would be coming and going from the room. But in the fourth floor, there was no haze. Yeah. There was no haze. He was never on that floor. And that floor it, felt so bad. It felt, it felt so, so bad. bad. We it were was, just, and it because it felt uncomfortable, yes. we wanted to be there. We were like, yeah. let's, let's hunker down. And mm-hmm. this is like, what? Like two o'clock, three o'clock in oh the morning? Oh my God. It was so late. It, it, but we got in the turret staircase again. Because yeah. we were like, okay, we got to go back in. We got to go back in. Yeah. So we went back into the staircase and we sat between the, uh, at the landing of the fourth floor mm-hmm. and had the staircase up to the fifth above us and then the staircase down to the third below us. Mm-hmm. And we sat there and we did a, a spirit box session again. And yeah. again, we had spirits coming through and sharing their name, sharing their age, and then going silent. Yeah. And then of course, as we would have like two or three spirits come through, this frigid air would come down again. It just came that, right down again. Yes. And that energy would amplify again. And it was, it was so frustrating. And like, I, I'm sure we got it on live stream. We were just like, this is so frustrating. Like, this is so annoying. Yeah. So at this point we were like, you know what? We need to go to bed. Like we need to just call it a night. I don't think we're going to get anywhere. So we packed it up, went down, like went off of live stream, went back to our room and we're just kind of hanging out with Rachel, talking about her life and things like that, how she came here and getting to know her and then talking about the investigation and what we got. And I, we both kind of had this moment where I was like, Alyssa, we're missing something. Like something is wrong. Something is not adding up. I was like, first of all, why didn't the creature come through in the stairwell with the cold air? And she was like, yeah, that was weird. And I was like, yeah, it should have come through with the stairwell stuff because that's what we were feeling in the room. And if it was the creature, the creature would have been there too yep. as this, at the same time as this frigid air. So why didn't it come through the second time and only the first? She was like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, we're turning back on the spirit box. So 
we turn back on the spirit box, we have more spirits come through, introduce their name, introduce their, of course, there's a frigid air yeah. gust yeah. in my living room. Um, of course. We, we I've been chilly. Spirit. I had to put on a sweater. <laughs> yep. We have the spirits come through, tell us their name, tell us their age, and then go silent again. again. And it was just spirit after spirit after spirit who is coming through and introducing themselves and not being able to share more than that. And at this point, it's like a couple hours from daylight. So we're like, you know what? We're just going to go to bed and we're just going to talk about this. Oh, it was late. So we ended up going to sleep. We didn't, I didn't really have any experience during, like I didn't have any dreams or anything, but Alyssa did. I did. Alyssa had a dream. I did. And, and Arl's really smart for doing this, but right when we woke up, she asked me, did you have any dreams? And then she pulled out her phone and recorded me as I was telling her what my dream was. And I didn't even know she was recording it, but I was just like, yeah. And if you didn't record it and we didn't talk about it, I probably would have forgot. It's one of those Mm -hmm. ones that you just remember and you're just on the edge of forgetting. And so right when I woke up, she asked me that, which was smart from an investigative point of view. Record everything, document everything. Everything. Before and after the investigation, at least a day, if not a couple hours before and after the investigation, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and exactly. If, if you are intuitive, this is extra important because your intuitive information that comes through, through your experiences the day before and the day after the investigation is going to give you more insight into what happened and what you're picking up on. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to document those things. So I did pull out my camera and she had had a dream of a woman who was shushing her. Yep. Literally shushing. She had her finger up to her mouth and she was looking me dead in the face and she, Mm -hmm. I could see her full body. She had a very tight bun, tight bun, tight bun, tight. Yep. Yep. And she's just went, shh. And I was like, okay. And and then I woke up. And then uh, after I told Arl, Rachel was right next to me. And she was like, good morning. Is there anything I can do As soon as I woke up, she was like, can I help you? Can I get get you anything? And I was like, oh my gosh, no. She was so sweet. sweet." (laughs) Um, And she was like, does your friend need anything? And I was like, oh, she's still sleeping. Like, we'll let her sleep a little bit longer. But we were, we were kind of getting up for the morning and just kind of talking about, you know, how we slept and things like that. And we were like, you know what, let's do another spirit box session. Let's try to see if things are different in the daytime. So we, we tried to get something and honestly, not a lot came through the next morning. We had like one or two spirits come through again, name, age, and then silence. Silence. And we were like, you know what, this is just not going to work. This is not the way to go about it. So I was sitting there and I was like, Alyssa, what if the cold air was not connected to the creature at all? What if this is something completely different? So what we were kind of coming to the conclusion of was that one, we weren't going to be able to figure it out in that one visit, which is really unfortunate because I wish that I could have had a week or two there, like just to really thoroughly investigate. Fairmont, if you want to, you know, (laughs) like... Sponsor a paranormal investigation. We will be there. We will be there. But we really wanted to like have so much more time there than we did because in that short amount of time and having those that many experiences, we knew that we'd be able to get to 
the bottom of things much more if we had more time, but we are so limited. And so we were sitting there and we were like, okay, what we think that it is, is something, an energy, a poltergeist, if you want to call it, um, an entity, a egregore, a whatever you want to call it, some sort of protective force or energy of the building that is keeping its secrets. Yes. And keeping it safe. And it's not the creature. It's not the spirits. It's the building. Remember, in the stairway, the voice said, he's coming. Mm -hmm. Not it's coming. Mm -hmm. So we thought the he was in reference to the creature. Right. But we started thinking about, is it potentially like a, a humanoid or a spirit. And right. And we did think that it might have been haze. And we, we asked. We thought, yeah. But we, we got no's. We got Same like, with Wilfred Laurier. Mm-hmm. We asked if it was him and we got no. And it just, we weren't feeling like it was any of those prominent figures that we. Right. That, Anything like, that we knows about. could immediately think of was a no. And we were really getting confused because we were like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But. We just think that from what we experienced and from what we gathered in our investigation, there has to be some sort of protective barrier put in place, which we talked about would make sense because as conspiracy theory as this may sound, we are very aware that there are intuitive people within the government who work for the government who help to protect energy and because of that we really do feel that because this building was used for uh, meetings of government officials that at some point they probably had someone put up some sort of protection around the building energetically to help keep that information in the building so Mm -hmm. that if you were tuning in intuitively from you know some sort of source that they didn't want that information going to, you wouldn't be able to tune in. We started kind of putting the puzzle piece together with the he's coming, not it's coming, and Mm -hmm. that the creature wasn't coming into the staircase when the cold air would come. The anger and the hostility versus the creature, which was more of a warning thing. There was a difference of the energy signatures. We were starting to formulate a theory, perhaps the reason why we kept getting block over and over and over again when we would start to get to know the spirits or try to get to know the spirits, especially when we would ask them what their role was mm-hmm. at the hotel. Like if they worked there and if they did, what did they do? And it would that would be when things would start to get funky again. Yeah. We started to think that perhaps there is a blockage, which is something that we picked up on on the way there. Yeah, the very that beginning. energy of secrecy, secrecy and reservation and very selective with who it lets in its Super doors energetically and intuitively. And because most buildings, you're able to kind of pick up on the history, you're able to pick up on the energy. And it really was that the building, it, which granted every building, you can kind of feel the energy of the building itself, mm-hmm. right? The building itself has a sentience to it. Oh, and, and this is based off of animism, by the way. What Arl's yeah. talking about is is a perspective of animism. Yeah, and that is something that I feel with pretty much everywhere I go. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a Walmart 
or an apartment building or mm -hmm. a single story, you know, family house, everything has like a sentience to it because there are people residing in it and things happening within it. Same reason why I name all my cars. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a sentience to things. And this building was no different. And when you have buildings where the sentience of the building could be tuned into and the building could give information, you gotta mark, like you, you have to regulate it in some way. And what better way than to close it off and lock it down intuitively. Yep. yep. Like it just felt like there's something separate from the creature that is like yes. an active lock of just the secrets and the history and just so much to do, like just information just doesn't want mm -hmm. anything to get out and just doesn't want it to be shared. And then similarly with the dream of the woman literally shushing me, shushing me. I was yeah. just like, there's well, just. And, and the dirt that I had picked up on the way to uh, the building, Artemis had talked to me when she was channeling through about how that was related to the creature, that the creature was an elemental being of the land, which mm, would make right, sense right. of why I was picking up on the dirt and maybe why I wasn't getting anything about the creature until I got into the building and got within its bubble. Right. But mm, yeah, I just found it to be very interesting. And I do think that that's probably why Alyssa picked up on the ice because ice is something that you have to wait to thaw. You have to kind of work your way through. I do think that if we had more time, I do think that we would be able to make progress in having the building trust us enough to let yeah. us have some information. But I think if you're just coming in for a quick visit, you're tuning in, yeah. you know, without any kind of warm up, if you will, I think the building is going to lock itself down and be like, yeah, no, like you're not, <laughs> you're just, a, you're just passing through. You're not, you're yeah. not, we're not trusting you or something like that. Like it just, I, I really truly would love for us to be able to go back to the Fairmont and really give it another fair shake mm -hmm. and return to even the same room. It'd be great to see Rachel again Yeah, and just really be able to investigate again with the theory that we now have yes. and i mean hopefully yeah because at the time we got the theory like we were pretty much on our way out no we were like, pretty we much were on our like, way out yeah. yeah. and and yeah. the thing too is that for all the folks that were following along the live streams and the videos that we were posting while we were investigating we never really did get an opportunity to give you what our conclusion was. So this is basically what we came to together, just reviewing all of the experiences that we had and the information that we garnered and some of the finer details that came about over our various tune-ins, both clairvoyantly and through the spirit box and intuitively. There's just, we really truly feel like we were going into that investigation with the assumption that it wouldn't be that difficult, honestly, yeah. to get information yeah. or to have a conversation. And then we were kind of approaching it in a way where we were expecting the creature to be the problem mm -hmm. and it just wasn't. And so now that we we're kind of, we've got a new theory, it would be nice to be able to get back and yeah. kind of go about it in a different way and see what comes of it. But it, you know, it's not that we weren't, and but we, there's also, I also want to throw this out there in case 
for those who this is your first time hearing any episode of Arl and I, we are clairvoyant mediums and death witches and we work with spirits and we see spirits and have since we were kids and we're very polite to spirits. Like there is at oh, no yeah. point where like they're, no, they no, weren't no, no, blocking no. us because we're assholes. Like it, this has nothing to do with yeah. that because we were very polite. And we it's so spirits. important to be polite and, and respectful of the spirits of space. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be going in like, <sighs> We're the Frodo Baggins of the investigative world. <laughs> we will go to Mount Doom in Mordor we and will we be will be so polite. We will give you the ring. Like we we are seriously so nice to spirits because we respect them and they are well to me they're just invisible people they're just, you know well, that's they're, literally like they used yeah. to be people so it's yeah. like why would they're you treat them any different people and i would never go up to someone and be like answer me fool no. like that's ridiculous yeah that's so, so rude, rude and so ridiculous i would never approach spirit the any differently than how i approach people no. and you know Period. respect respect is given until it's taken away because of a a situation. But even then I try to understand why. And I think that's such an important uh, approach to paranormal investigation in general. Mm -hmm. And I am glad that more people are adopting that way of approaching things, but there are still examples out there of paranormal investigation that really do make it to where people are just under the assumption that you can walk in somewhere and just start interrogating spirits. Like, like as if they owe you something. Right. They really don't. They don't. They don't. And that's the thing. Like we went into this investigation knowing that we might not get any information at all, Mm -hmm. but we had assumed that there would be information that came through because we approach things respectfully. And it's something where we gave the spirits option to come to us. Yeah. It wasn't that we were like, come talk to us. We said, if there is anybody who is wanting to come speak with us, we would love to talk with you. And that's the way to approach it because you always want to give them the option. You never want to force. And thankfully, you know, Rachel was there and able to be such a great mediator and such a wonderful little host to us. And it would be so cool to have like, staff directory of every single person who's ever worked right. there and see if we can find Rachel yes. on it. That'd be so I cool. I would love that. Because I she did work that. there. She was yes. a housekeeper there and she mm-hmm. did pass um mm-hmm. while working there. Yes. You know, so so they would you know, but that's assuming that there would be those staff directories from back then or whatever. Right, like that's not right. something that we dug into or or necessarily have the resources to access or anything like that. But it yeah. just fun to think about but like honestly I I wanted to give that little insider into how we approach spirit because Mm -hmm. I think that's really important context for why I think it was so strange for us to not get anything past an age or something very very superficial because Mm -hmm. that's just not how spirit interacts with us typically given that we approach with the utmost respect and um, you know, never demand anything of them. And only the ones that are comfortable and want to speak with us will come through. And there was clearly no shortage of spirits that were eager. Oh, there was us. so many. There was so there many. So Every many. time we turned on the spirit box, there was like so many spirits coming through. So when we figured that there was no other way for us to get information through our means, um, 
we we started a little mission <laughs> so i have <laughs> i have a house ghost. go see covert ops mission <laughs> i have a house ghost she's only been with me for maybe like i don't know a month and a half no it's been longer than that probably about like two or three months and her name is Ketra. And um, she was actually from a client's house. When I was talking with a client for a paranormal consultation, this client was having some trouble with some spirits in their house. And Ketra is one of the spirits from those ha- that house. And she was really distressed being in that house because they had done some renovations. And somehow she felt stuck in one area of the house that was more of like an old area that had been renovated and she didn't really know how to get out of it. So it wasn't that she was actually stuck. She had a perception of being stuck and she didn't know how to get out. So I was like, what if I just have her stay with me? Like, what if I just ghosty babysit for a little bit? You can see what it's like to have the house without her energy in it. And she can be well taken care of here at my house until we're ready to decide what happens, you know? Yep. So she came to my house and has been here ever since. (laughs) And she's kind of become this, like, not because I forced her to, I've given her, you know, the information, like you can leave at any time. You don't have to stay here. She's like, no, I like it here. Like I'm okay. But she has kind of become a, a mediator in a way to other spirits that come in. Like she actually woke me up the other day. I had a nudge and she was like, um, Ariel, there's there's someone here. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, it's, you know, one in the morning, so I'm going to go to bed. And she was like, oh, what do I do? Like they're here and they want to talk to you. And I was like, they can wait until t- tomorrow. And, you know, they did. But of course, as soon as I woke up, she was like, hey, here's the spirit. They need your help. And I was like, okay. (laughs) It was so so funny too, because when Arl came to stay with me, she was just in the house, in my house. Like she (laughs) came with Arl. She came (laughs) with Arl to Canada. She came, uh, she, she flew all the way. She flew all the way to Canada. And she came, Um, I think she was just randomly standing in my bedroom when I was giving you the tour of the house. Yeah, and, and I was like, Kate, why why are you standing here? And she was like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty. <laughs> I was like, okay. So she was just kind of like here in the house while Arl was here. So yeah. we she was so top we put of her mind. To work. I was she was like, top of mind when we yeah. were investigating. And I was like, Ketra, would you be okay <laughs> with maybe like making some friends with the ghosty staff and getting to know the place a little bit? And then like letting me know what you find out. And she was like, yeah. So I, I left her. I left her at the chateau. Let me say, let me say, Keetra was very happy. She to was, assist. she was excited about it. I, she was. this was not like, no, Keetra, you can't follow us. Like she, she willingly like went there and she was like, yes. yeah, I'll, I'll be here. And she was there for like, I don't know, a so week. She was a what? It was after I got home from Canada. Yeah, that I was she like, was, oh, she didn't shit, come back when before you left. Like yeah. she was still not here before you left. Yeah. So <laughs> I I came home and I was like, oh shit, I left <laughs> And so I was like, Kitra. And she like, of course, showed up and she's like, hey. And I was like, 
did, did you find anything? And she was like, about what? And I was like, Kenya. <laughs> I was like, where have you been? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, we left you at the chateau, like the, the chateau. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, did you, did you find out anything? And she was like, no, I don't remember anything. And I was yep. like, interesting. So How apparently it is also blocked to ghosties. Which I think is wild. Like, that is I think wild. I do find that wild. And it's just that like, block I, is I do so have good. to say, if it is accurate, if our, if our theory is accurate and it was locked down by some practitioner at some point in time, they did a fucking, fucking good, good job. job. So good. <laughs> like, so good. If there is a ghost of a practitioner out there who did that, good on you because you did an amazing job but i i mean of course it's a theory we don't know for sure if If someone was hired to do that they earned their coin dude a thousand percent toss a a coin to that witcher because god damn like Mm. it's impressive very impressive which honestly honestly based on our theory that we talked about before it makes sense that it would be like that makes the most sense in my brain. Heavy. But honestly, I want to hear all of your theories. Like yes, if any do. of you out there have theories about what it could be, let us know. Because I Please. am so curious to hear about different theories that you all have. Because it just, that was the only theory that we could come up with at the time. And that makes sense to us when we look at it from what we were able to gather. But if you have ever been to the Chateau and you have gotten more than us, or you've been able to get different evidence or experiences, like we want to hear about it and we Mm -hmm. want to be able to maybe kind of piece it together as a huge picture rather than just what we have. So you can email us through our website if you want, ghostypodcast.com, or -hmm. you can contact us through the Ghost Tea Podcast channel on our Discord, which is also... Uh, we will link it through our website. So let us know if you have any theories because we want to hear them. We, we do. Hear them. Yeah, we do. So, I mean, there you go. It was a wild ride. It was so much fun. It was and so much fun. Like, you know, Arl and I are very capable and have tuned into things together from a distance from one another because obviously yes. you're in the yes. States and I'm here in Canada. Well, so we often do it with missing person cases because exactly. we don't have any way of Ketra. <laughs> Sorry. She was talking in the background. I don't know if you could hear her, but she was like talking pretty loudly. Like, Excuse We've... me. There's things I want to tell you. <laughs> um, so there's, there's been a lot of times that we've been tuning into missing person cases or even paranormal cases that we've had together where we know we're not able to be there in person to tune in at the same time with each other in the same room. So we've gotten really good at tuning into places remotely because that's how we have to usually operate. Yeah. It's just a different experience. It's when such you're... a different experience. Okay, and... You, you want to know what's actually really interesting is someone said this on the live stream is they said, oh my God, you guys are seeing the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Right? So people were shocked by that. And to be honest- Which maybe to we, us, it sounds so normal. Like it's so yeah. normal that we just didn't even think about it. Because but, we're so used to like finishing each other's sentence when describing what we're experiencing mm-hmm. because we're both seeing the same thing. Yes. But like, 
I think when other people mention it, that's when we are like, oh, wait, this is like, maybe (laughs) that isn't normal. Maybe it isn't the case for everybody else, but like, it is entirely possible for like, you know, sometimes Arl will get things that are different or in addition to, and we don't always get the same thing. Like, and that's like, we, I promise we don't have shared psychosis. Like we both take B vitamins every day. Like we're good. We touch our heads together and we, we Our antennas <laughs> intertwine. <laughs> oh. oh my god! No, we we try our best not to influence each other with what we're getting. But there have been times too. In uh, like, for example, we did a live stream. I wish we recorded it so badly, but we did a live stream for our Discord members where oh, we that tuned one. into mm-hmm, we tuned yeah. into a paranormal show that we had never watched before never that we had randomly chose at the start of the live stream so like people knew that we had never seen it before and we tuned into it and we would write down what we were getting and then we would share it with each other and it was the same thing even though we had not shared what we were getting it's just it's very interesting it is very validating too it's super validating and i just thought that was really interesting that someone brought it up because i was like oh yeah yeah, I guess, I guess we're that's just, just two ferns in a pod. We're just two ferns in a pot and we're just growing together and we're just we're in a shaking little our little garden. leaves. <laughs> our little fucking, our little psychic leaves are just brrr. And honestly, like, it's just really cool. But on, so we are entirely capable of tuning into things together from a remote distance. However, it was a lot of fun to be able to be together. It was so nice to be able to investigate in person. And, and have that experience in person, you know, that's how I prefer to do it. I prefer to be in the energy that I'm experiencing and and tuning into because I feel like I'm, I'm able to get a better sense of things. Like, of course there are going to be situations where you have to do it remotely and we can do that. But like being in person is my preferred, like, yeah listen listen if some random ass person came up to my door tomorrow morning and was like hey so do you want to be like on a paranormal show like you and Alyssa just do this paranormal. <laughs> i'll be like say no more i will pack my bags right Fucking now and sign the contract because be, let's yeah. here's the thing we need more women in the we televised do. paranormal space. Where are all the women and the femme presenting or the yes. androgynous people in the paranormal? Like, where are they? Where are, where they? are they? Other th- And I don't want you to say like, oh, well, there's a, a co-host. No, like, where are the the like the female representatives of intuitives in paranormal investigative shows? Like we have Zach Baggins and his team, all men, Mm-hmm. We have Ghost Files, which is a man and a woman, which fair, you're throwing a woman in there. That's awesome. You have mediumship shows, which, you know, mostly are just kind of women, but that's different. Like that's mediumship mm-hmm. rather than paranormal investigating. Mm-hmm. We have Ghost Hunters, which to be fair, in the earlier like seasons of Ghost Hunters, there were women in the show, but it was like mostly men. I, I Even, want even to the see- show that we tuned into for that discord live stream that we were doing that was was all men yeah which i mean it's not to say that it men can't be good investigators i enjoy watching men investigate paranormal but i want to see more female representatives and like 
femme presenting people and you know like lgbtqia people like i Mm -hmm. want to see more representation in the paranormal investigative world and i just here's here's the thing about the reason why that matters to us is because for a lot of people that's the only exposure they may have to paranormal phenomenon is if they're watching a televised show so if Mm -hmm. you don't have diversity or you don't have you don't have a a good sort of mix of presentation, people will have unconscious bias or have preconceived notions that only men or male presenting people have the courage to go after Or the capabilities or or the the capabilities. Yes. Which like, honestly, there were, again, a couple of people who said on the live stream that we, (laughs) I mean, take this for what you will and maybe there's a pun intended, but that we have more balls than some of the people they've ever met. Because honestly, we would, we would go after whatever was freaky. Oh yeah. Like, like we would, chase we would ha- there was uh, there was a moment <laughs> on the live stream <laughs> where there was a, something down the hallway. I can't remember what was happening, but there was something. Oh down the yeah. We heard the footsteps. Oh, we yes. heard the, this was the fourth was floor footsteps. that we were getting really freaky mm-hmm. vibes from. Mm-hmm. We were hearing footsteps in uh, down the hallway and going up to be and fair down the hallway. we wanted to go so bad so but bad. lucifer was standing in between us and where these footsteps were it was actually very so, unusual because he's never done very, that before he he tends to be kind of like he just tends to be kind of annoying sometimes when it comes to investigating. <laughs> but he had but, never done that at any point during that investigation. It was that particular no, hallway. It he was, was that particular hallway that he was just like, yeah, no. You're absolutely is, not going to go down this hallway. You're not coming over here. Um, you're not going to yeah. go. Whose so, horse but, is that? Like he wasn't even going to He wasn't gonna <laughs> let us see whose horse it was. Like, no. He just absolutely, but we were standing there and there was a... I was I was feeling nervous. I was feeling nervous, but I still wanted to go. I still Damn. wanted to just like run towards it. It was a really awesome experience, nonetheless. And it was, and, and I, I know that was kind of a bit of to a... see more of that. I yeah. just want to be able to. So, if anybody wants to put us on a paranormal show, I'm I'm all here for it. I'm, I'm like I, you can't see it. I know you can't see it, but I have my hand up. I'm I'm waiting to be picked in class. I okay, volunteer. I volunteer as tribute. I really would like to see more of that in the paranormal community, and I know that there are other people out there who would like to see yeah. that. And it's not to say that we should cancel every other show. It's no, just to say no, that no. I want to see more in the paranormal investigative fields, and you know, help people to see that femme presenting people and or female identifying people can be smart enough to do the technical uh, you know part of everything in addition to the intuitive part of things because you tend to see the femme presenting or the female identifying people being the people who are the intuitive types and they just kind of like you know, feel things and that's fine. But I want to see also the other side of like, we're doing the research, we're using the tools, we're using the practical approach as well, because we're not just going to solely rely on our intuitive experiences. We're going to try to get that more concrete evidence for things because that's important. And one of the important steps for us in addition to trying to go in as cold as possible is also to try to debunk 
things yes. along the way. Yes. Like we try to actively And there were times things. that we did that during yeah, our investigation. Like mm-hmm. there were times when I think we heard like a baby crying or something. Yeah, we and did. And I was like, oh, but there's – you can hear it going by a, a certain room. So like it's yeah. definitely someone in a bedroom with yeah, a baby. Instead of just taking every little sound is like, right. oh, oh, that's paranormal. Yeah. Like it, and we Well, and not having that kind of reaction, like there was never a time that either of us screamed. Nope. Neither of us ever was like, oh my God. Like we nope. were never freaking out because why? Like why do that? I was very can... uncomfortable many we, times. We were far uncomfortable. I was so <laughs> uncomfortable that I, I ended up having to get a channel moment yanked out of her body (laughs) i got yanked away artemis yeeted you out she was like get the fuck out i got this and honestly like but like i'm not gonna be like oh my god like no just no but that is not to say that we don't experience those moments of being like oh shit or like (laughs) like in my head i'm definitely being like this is so shitty right now this is uncomfortable the thing is too that i think in both Alyssa's and my coaching, the way that we approach spirit and the way that we coach clients is to not have fear when you're approaching spirit. So why would we exhibit what we don't want our clients to feel? Like we want you all to feel comfortable interacting with spirit. So why would we put you all in a position where you don't feel that we can actually teach you how to do that? Like, if we can't do it ourselves, how are we going to teach you how to do it? Period. Period. So, bang, bang. There's that. Take that. Put it in your pipe and smoke it. Honestly, great story. Great experience. Beautiful hotel. Wonderful staff. 10 out of 10. Amazing. Would do it again in a heartbeat. It was was a lot of fun. It remains an open mystery. And it remains a place that I truly feel is culturally and historically rich and is full of amazing experiences and people and spirits and I just you know a beautiful place for anybody I'd highly recommend if anybody can ever make your way to the capital of Canada yes please come at the chateau yes to the chateau because it's it's worth your while it's beautiful it's so pretty it's so pretty Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It is the last one of 2022, which is wild, but I hope it was a good finisher. (laughs) Finish him. (laughs) I'm so excited for what 2023 holds for us and the podcast and with everything that we have planned for you all. We're just really excited about it. But with that said, we hope that this was entertaining. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Let us know your thoughts on social media or through our podcast website or through our discord, wherever you choose to interact with us. We would love to hear your thoughts and your theories. If you are wanting to book a session or a coaching zoom call with Alyssa and or I, you can go to our websites, which again are linked in the description as well as our podcast website so that you can easily find it. And with that said, stay curious, keep learning. And have fun. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Happy New Year, guys. Bye, ghosties. Bye. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me. It is me. We are editing and we've got bloopers. So here we go. Enjoy.
<laughs> Girl, what are you doing? <laughs> Alyssa. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Do you really want to know? Are you cleaning? Yeah. Okay, but I just I have to tell you why. You. I have to tell you I why. I can hear you. I have to tell you why. <laughs> okay. Put this in the bloopers. Um, oh my god. So the other day, I had a candle going for uh, a particular deity, and it fucking stained the top of my beautiful, <laughs> like, desk. And I'm so mad about it. And I was googling like ways to try to get rid of the the stain circle or the like I don't know if it's a stain or a burn. Is it I a wax? I I don't know if it's a stain or a burn. I have no idea. But it's left a ring. And I read that you're supposed to put or that you could try to put uh, toothpaste on it and let it sit for a long time and then like scrub at it. So I fucking just did. And I looked over and I was like, oh, yeah, I put the fucking toothpaste there like two hours ago. I should probably scrub it, that. It's, if it's wax, you might be able to um, put a paper towel down and then use like either a iron or blow dryer. I think it's it. burn, though. That's the thing. Okay. I don't I don't I'm not entirely you know, it's convinced. It's not that bad, though. I think you might be able to you could try sanding it down, but I don't know if there's a finish on the table, but you could mm -hmm. try sanding it down with like a really fine sandpaper. If it's not too bad, you probably don't have to go through that many layers. What a fucking good like insight into my life where I'm just constantly cleaning something. <laughs> I just, you are. I, I was stop. like. I was like, did I say something to set her off? Because I'm just, I was just hearing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just I stress like, clean. When I'm stressed yeah. out, I stress clean. I was just hearing. And I was like, she's fucking cleaning over there. <laughs> no, I was like, I didn't say anything. And I was like, did, wait, did I? And I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. And I was like, no, it's fine. You didn't. It was just <laughs> me looking just, over. She's just cleaning i'm just a fucking cleaner like that's what i do i just looked over and, and saw the stagnant fucking toothpaste on the top of my desk so i was just like i should probably do a little scrub a dub dub and see if it worked oh and God. by the way for those who are curious it did not work so yeah it did take not that for what you will yeah yeah